Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, our lesson is from 1 John. The plus about 1 John is there is little debate over who wrote this letter. John was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He was the brother of James, the son of Zebedee, and he was one of the inner circle of the three disciples. Jesus gave him charge of his mother when he died on the cross. This is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. John wrote the Gospel of John, the three letters, which we know as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then he wrote the only prophetic book of the New Testament, Revelation. His writings were the latest books of the New Testament. Traditionally, John is thought to have stayed in the Jerusalem area until the death of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and until the time of its destruction around 70 A.D., After that, he moved to Ephesus. It is thought that he wrote the Gospel of John and the three letters during his time there during the late 80s, early 90s. After that, he was exiled to the island of Patmos sometime in the 90s, and it was here that he wrote Revelation. He was eventually released and died naturally in Ephesus. It is believed that this first letter was written to a local church or group of churches, possibly in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. In this letter, he explained why he is writing. Chapter 1, verse 4. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Chapter 2, verse 7, and then 8, he says, I am not writing a new commandment to you. And then he said, on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you. In verses 12 through 14, three times he says, I am writing to you. And then he said three times, I have written to you. Chapter 2, verse 26, he said, These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. But the one we are focusing on today is the last one, found in chapter 5, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, today's lesson comes from a lecture by my personal evangelism professor, Dr. Timothy Booker. Now, let me spell his last name for you because I still don't know if I say his name right. His last name, I believe, is German, and it's spelled B-E-O-U-G-H-E-R. His lecture was entitled, How Can I Know I Am Forgiven by God? He used this last scripture from 1 John. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. John is writing to people who profess to be Christians so that you may know, so that you can know that you have eternal life. Ladies, as believers, we are not to constantly doubt our salvation. We are to live in a way that we know. And 1 John gives us tests to prove our faith. Now, Dr. Booker shared two important cautions with these five tests. Number one, scripture mandates the presence of these tests, not the perfection of these things. End of quote. 
That's because we're in a process of sanctification, the process of being saved and becoming more like Christ. We are not perfect yet. Number two, these tests are to be the fruit of faith, not the root of faith. What he means by that is we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone because he died on the cross for our sins. That is our root. We are not saved because we see these things in our lives. We are saved by faith. But these things give us assurance that God is with us and is working in us. These things show us the fruit. They are in us because of our faith in Jesus. Now, the outward evidence of a changed life, the five tests from 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Question 1 is, do you enjoy fellowship and worshiping God? Now, ladies, this can be private worship or public worship or both. The next verse is 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Question 2. Do you have an awareness of your sin? Dr. Booker gave a caution with this one and he said that some people have a tender conscience where any little sin just crushes them. One thing I have noticed is that the closer I get to the Lord, I have a greater awareness of my sin. For instance, I can't get away with little white lies anymore. Verse number three is 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 through 5. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. Question three, do you seek to be obedient to the word of God? It can also be asked, do you seek to obey God and his commands? First John chapter 3 verse 14 is our fourth verse. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Question four. Do you love other Christians and want to be with them? Now, with this point, Dr. Booker shared a poem that I also want to share with you. It goes like this. To dwell above with saints we love, that will be grace and glory. But to live below with folks we know, now that's a different story. I keep in mind that Paul the Apostle had conflict with Barnabas over John Mark, and that eventually was reconciled. Paul had conflict with Peter, and that became reconciled. So there are times that conflict happen within church and with believers, and it has happened in the book of 1 John 2, which we will look at later this week. But in general, do you love to hang out with other Christians? Now, our fifth question is, do you display the fruit of the Spirit? 
Here, Dr. Booker gives two scriptures. The one is 1 John chapter 4, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. The other verse is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. As I have said many times this year, since we are in the process of sanctification, the process of becoming more like Christ, the question is, am I better than I was last year? We could ask ourselves, am I more loving, more joyful, more at peace? more patient, more kind, more good, more faithful, more self-controlled. An example for me is that I find myself more at peace than last year. Even though the things of the world seem chaotic and who knows what's going to happen in our next election, our time through the Bible this year has given me a trust in God that the world events are in his hand and I can trust him. Ladies, that is proof that God is working in me. Now, my self-control is out the window right now with all the cookies and Christmas coming, but I can look at the one fruit of the Spirit and say, God's Spirit is doing his work in me. Then, of course, Dr. Booker, who taught personal evangelism, ends with, what to do if you're not sure. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 read, And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. We are to believe in Jesus. Dr. B called 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, God's bar of soap. Quote, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me give you a few more verses that are not found in 1 John, but these are all found in the Gospel of John. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came because he loves you. And that is God's motivating factor in sending his Son. Then John chapter 5 verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He is crossed over from death into life. And then John chapter 10 verse 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Ladies, the Lord wants you to be assured of your salvation. I heard a story that a reporter asked Billy Graham about how he could believe in God, and he commented, well, I just talked to him this morning. As we read through the three Johns this week, he used the word abide throughout to live with the Lord, 
This is what it means to be a Christian. It's not based on what we have or have not done. It is not based on feelings. It is based on truth. And that is another word that John loves to use. It is the truth of who Jesus is, the Son of God in human flesh, and what he has done. He died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood for us. Then we respond by either accepting or rejecting that gift. So, if you have heard his voice today, please don't harden your heart and go your own way. Instead, please say yes, and may we become women who abide with our Lord in truth. Let me also say thanks to Dr. Timothy Booker, who taught me this lesson. I hope that it blesses you as it has blessed me. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.